Please rise for the reading of the word. This is a reading from Romans 8. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I think Romans is one of the greatest books of the Bible. It truly is one of the greatest letters ever written, if not the greatest letter. Um, Paul, writing to the church in Rome, is, just gives a message that is so full of good news, that is so full of hope, that talks about human nature, that has theological truth, that points to Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit's work. And Romans 8 is, is one of the greatest chapters in Rome. I mean, is one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. The good news is there is no, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the good news. I could end the sermon right here. <laughs> I mean... That is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the gospel. Those who receive the gift of faith in Jesus Christ face no condemnation. 
even though we are all deserving of eternal punishment for our sins, God, in His mercy and grace, through His Son, Jesus Christ, gives us this gift of faith where we will face no condemnation, no experience of God's wrath, but yet His forgiveness. And our God does this out of love and does this out of justice and mercy. Verse 2 talks, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. The law is a very special thing. God gave the law to His people. It's, it was a standard for us to live by and follow as His people. But we as sinful beings cannot uphold the law. We cannot follow the law. We are totally unable to do that. And God, in His mercy, gave us His Son Jesus who sacrificed Himself that we might be able to, well, that we can um, live in Christ and live in God and have life, eternal life. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And Paul talks about flesh and spirit in this passage quite a bit. And when we talk about flesh, what does that mean? Um, Obviously, we are fleshy beings, aren't we? We have flesh and bone, that we we have muscle, and we have all that make us who we are in, in that way. And yet we are fallen because of the fall in Genesis chapter 3. Um, when, when that happened, we were separated from God by sin, and there was a corruption of the flesh. And it's not just the, the, the flesh of the physical, but the flesh of all our being in that way, that, that we, are, we are utterly incapable of, of meeting God's standards because of that. And flesh is not a bad thing. I mean, when we look at the, the creation, when God created the heavens and the earth, He actually said this is very good. Um, he, he said that again and again as He created the heavens and the earth, that this is good. But yet, we do have the fall. We do have the consequences of the fall. And that is something we cannot escape. We in ourselves can do nothing about it. It took God's action on our behalf to do that. But... The flesh being corrupted, it's a constant battle for us because we do have that corruption within us. Um, we, in, in, um, in, our, in our Calvinist understanding, it's total depravity that we are just utterly corrupted in the way that we cannot turn to God even. We cannot even look to God. We don't even want to see God unless God acts on our behalf and calls us um, to that relationship with his son. And, and so Paul talks about this. Now, the flesh and focusing on the flesh is not a profitable thing to do. Um, we, we fleshy beings, we pretty much cherish the flesh, don't we? I mean, look what we do in our daily lives to, um, to kind of preserve the flesh, if you will. 
You know, when we're young and healthy and just, you know, at, at our peak, you know, we think we're immortal, don't we? We, um, you know, I, I know plenty of teenagers who have that. I mean, I see people driving on I-10, they must be in their 20s or less, who think that they're just, you know, they're impervious to anything that could, that could end their lives or something. But as we get older and wiser, we start to realize that the flesh starts to decay, doesn't it? I mean, we, 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 we get older, we age, we, we have diseases, we have, we have all kinds of things that happen, but we do a lot to try to preserve that, don't we? Um, beauty parlors make a lot of money. Um, barbershops, gymnasiums, um, health gurus, special diets, all these things we do to try to extend our lives and to do. Now, those are not bad things, don't get me wrong. But what I'm trying to say is, is that we really do try to extend our lives and preserve the flesh, don't we? But also, too, beyond that, because of our sinful nature, we try to please the flesh. We, we give in to um, things of the world, and that's kind of called carnal, carnal kind of a carnal um, thinking, carnal way of living. But we, we, we humans are pretty capable of doing a lot to try to please the flesh and to avoid pain, don't we? And a lot of that, I mean, you think of any crime that's ever committed, it's, it's, it's either stealing or lying or, or, or defrauding or killing or, or robbing. But what are we doing? What, what, are, what is a criminal doing but trying to, to increase their, their pleasure, in a sense, in this world, living in a fleshly way? But yet, Paul talks about living in the Spirit. And that's the good news, that we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us, and by doing so, we can turn to God. Uh, we are regenerated. We can turn to God and, and follow Him and to seek and follow His Word. And that is really good news, and Paul talks about this. But being in the flesh is profitless. I mean, all things pass. Our flesh passes away. And we we in and of ourselves are incapable of having eternal life in that sense. I mean, we, you know, I mean, there's, there's only two forms of eternal life. One is in heaven, the other is in hell. Not, not a, uh, there's no in-between. Paul says, verse 6, for, the mind, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Does, if, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can't. If we only live our lives in the flesh, it's a dead end. Literally a dead end to death. Pardon me while I... You know, last, last week, uh, Carter introduced us to a couple named John and Mary. Is that right? Was it John and Mary? Yeah, <laughs> John and Mary. Well, I wanted to tell you a little bit about their neighbors, uh, Fred and Ethel. <laughs> now, if you laughed, I know you're of a certain age. <laughs> but, um, and I don't, I mean, Fred and Ethel are great, and I love Lucy. I don't mean to pick on them, but that's great names. But Fred and Ethel... They're not believers. They, they live a life in the flesh. 
But they're good people. They're really good people. Uh, Fred and Ethel, and I'm not, don't think of the people on the show. I'm just using the names, okay? I really, I don't want to ruin I Love Lucy for anybody. But Fred and Ethel, they're, they, they, they're neighbors of John and Mary. They, they uh, are very involved in the community. They do all kinds of charitable work. I mean, they help the homeless. They go out and they, they, they do meals on wheels. These people look like saints. They go out and, and they would even put some Christians to shame in terms of how active they are in, in doing things and ministering to others, but yet they are not believers. And in our minds, we're thinking, well, that's good enough to get to heaven, right? These are good people. Those people look better than me. But yet, they are not pleasing God because they live in the flesh. Um, that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? When you think about it, it sounds pretty... But it's, but it's the reality that we can do all the good works that we want all day long trying to please God, and that will not happen. It's only by the Spirit that we can please God. If we are in the Spirit, if we are in Jesus Christ, if we believe in Him and have that relationship with Him. If otherwise, everything is fruitless. And not only that, Paul goes on to say that not only do we not please God, but we're effectively enemies of God. That's pretty strong, but it's true. You know, sometimes it's hard to look at some of these things about being sinful and we're being sinners, and we don't want to talk about that side of things. And I'm not one to be the fire and brimstone guy coming up and doing that necessarily, but the truth is that that's the reality. That's what Scripture tells us. That's what God's Word reveals, that we can be as good as can be, we can make Mother Teresa look, look like a thug. And yet, we cannot please God if we are not in Christ Jesus. I mean, that is something to think about. We cannot earn our way to heaven. There is no, there's no merit that we can bring upon ourselves that gets us to the finish line of the kingdom. It is only God who can do that and carry us over the finish line, even carry us. Because we in, our, in and of ourselves are incapable of doing that. So that's good news. That's good news because we know that God, who works in his mercy, will carry us to that, to that end to glorify him forever and to be in his presence. Um, Paul goes on to say this. He says, you know, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, as believers. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit, of, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit dwells with, within us, pointing us to Jesus, leading us to God, leading us to holiness. Paul goes on on verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now think about that for a minute, the spirit of him. Who is that spirit? That spirit is the Holy Spirit, the, second, the third person of the Trinity. I'm sorry, I about did a Trinitarian error there. The third person of the Trinity. And that third person... Paul, Paul writes here, 
who raised Jesus from the dead. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We, we understand the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit acts as kind of God's agent in the world and creation. I mean, God, anything that God does, He does through the Spirit to happen. It, I mean, the, uh, the Holy Spirit is literally raised Jesus from the dead. And that's pretty powerful when you, when you think about it. Any miracle that Jesus performed was done by the Spirit. And we, we see so many examples of, of God's Spirit working. And even at the beginning of creation, the Spirit of God hovered over the still waters before God started speaking the words of creation. This, um, the, the, um, God gives us this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in us, regenerates us, and makes it possible for us to believe in Jesus. And that's a, that is a tremendous gift. And that is something we celebrate and, and um, give thanks for. Um, verse 12, this is, this is, this is um, continuing that good news. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live in, according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons. When we cry, Abba, Father. That is powerful. God, we are separated from God in sin, yet, because of everything that Paul talks about and the, and the gift of the Spirit, that we are able to look to God the Father and say, Abba, which is an Aramaic word um, that would be used by children of that day to refer in an affectionate way, like Daddy. You know, God, we are children of God, sons of God. And that is a, the, the fact that we can approach God in that way because of His Son Jesus, because of the Spirit, is tremendous good news. Because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we need not fear death. For we are adopted children of God, as Paul says. By, we can call the Almighty Father Abba, but we can pray to Him and, and, and be in a relationship with Him through Jesus. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that... I'm sorry, that, I must have duplicated that line. <laughs> sorry. Without the Spirit we would just decay into moral failure and death. But God gives us that spirit. We are adopted as children of God. We are heirs with Christ of his kingdom. That's good news, that we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear um, the consequences of sin. Um, Paul, in this first part of Romans 8, gives us such good news, and I hope it brings comfort to us, and knowing that, we, we may be inadequate. We may feel like we are not good enough in so many ways and so many things. But yet to know that God loves us, gave us the Spirit, gave us His Son. And in so, we get to share in nothing but good things to come. And that is where we live in our Christian hope.
Let us pray. Almighty God, we owe you a debt we cannot pay. And yet your Son, Jesus Christ, paid that debt for us. You sent your Holy Spirit to call us to new life in Jesus Christ. You set us free from the fear of death, knowing that we share in the life to come as heirs of your kingdom under the, rela- under the rulership of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we give thanks in his name. Amen.